Okay, let's just move right on. Uh, did you did you mark your space this morning in your Bible? If if you kept your ribbon there, or if you kept your bookmark there, that's where we're going to be tonight as well. So let's turn to Galatians chapter five, and uh, we're going to read different verses this time. But tonight is really just kind of a continuation of what we talked about this morning. And uh, it does have to deal with comfort. First of all, let me ask you, are you comfortable? Is the temperature good? Everybody enjoying their cushion seats and everything? Everybody's comfortable? All right, well, we can, keep, we can move right on then, can't we? All right. How's your back, Donna? Better. All right, good deal. Okay, so comfortable to be or not to be, apparently from what you've just told me, to be comfortable is, good, is a good thing. And it is. We enjoy comfort, that's for sure. But I want to read you something. This is called, uh, brace yourself, this is called comfortable in hell. You weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> okay, let's, let's read this. Uh, this is from a, a guy named Jeff Strite. He was talking about his dad. And he tells a story about his father who was uh, a man's man. Uh, he was a hard worker. He was a hard fighter, a hard player of baseball and basketball. Uh, he was attractive to the ladies. He loved to go out. Uh, he loved to dance. Now, it's not that his dad was a stranger to church because he actually met his wife in church, uh, but he, and he wasn't unfriendly to church. It's just that God had little interest for him. He didn't need God to run his life. So after he married Jeff's mom, they settled down as married couples do. And mom, who was deeply religious, uh, never failed to go to church. But dad always had work to do. And well, church wasn't all that important anyway. So after a while, mom's church, uh, after a while, mom's church going got to bothering him. And he accepted the idea that he might go to hell, but the how do you accept the idea? That's just shocking, isn't it? He had accepted the idea. He knew just enough about church to, to think, I'm probably going to hell because of the way I'm living my life. But again, he had accepted the idea that he might go to hell, but the idea of being there without the woman he loved troubled him. Interesting way to think. So dad finally decided to force mom to avoid church. He asked her if she would feel comfortable in heaven if he were in hell. Now, mom was the quiet type of Christian who didn't try to force her faith down dad's throat, but now she had the opportunity to address his need because she knew he had a need. He had a need that God could take care of. So how would she respond? What would be the best way for her to respond to this? She thought about it for a couple of minutes, and then she asked him, Lowell, would you really feel comfortable if I were in hell with you? Think about that. That's, that's pretty profound, isn't it? Would you feel comfortable if I were in hell with you? The simplicity of her response led him to change his way of thinking. He turned his life over to Christ because hell wasn't a comfortable concept to him especially when it came to someone he loved. So he was, he was all about comfort in his question that he asked his wife, but she was all about, about making him uncomfortable 
in her answer. And so sometimes we see, maybe most times we may see, that it is best for us to be uncomfortable. And we'll see what that means here in just a few minutes. But let's go ahead and look at our scripture. And we're again in Galatians chapter 5. I want to read verse 1 first, and then we're going to jump to verse 13. So verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And then jumping to verse 13, For, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for all occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one with another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So those verses uh, are interesting. Uh, it's got some interesting uh, wording there, especially in verse 15. But what we get is just, a, again, a continuation of what we talked about this morning. Faith results in love, and we are to love one another and serve one another in love. So that being understood by what we've read, let me ask again, are you comfortable? And let me take it a step further. Are you comfortable in the person you are? Are you comfortable in the being that you are? And would you rather be who you are now? Or do you feel like that God has a, a different plan for you, that he would rather you be different than you are right now? I think probably all of us uh, have the thought or the idea every now and then, I think God would, would rather I be doing something different. I, I think God would rather I not be doing these things or those things. I think we all probably have, have felt that way. But as I have mentioned many times in the past and that we talked about in the past, comfort is like a magnet for us. We like to be comfortable. And my, what I'd like to propose to you and to me and to all of us here tonight, is it time that we allow the Holy Spirit to take control and to have control we like control uh we like to be in charge of things we like to know that the plans that we have made are the plans that are going to come to be um i know we a baby shower was thrown yesterday and plans were made food was prepared so that things would be a certain way did everything go according to plan it didn't <laughs> was that uncomfortable a little bit <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's, we would love for things to go as planned and go according to plan, but that doesn't always happen. So are we prepared to relinquish that control and allow the Holy Spirit to have control of our lives? And do you think it's possible for us to be too comfortable? Do you feel like as a Christian, your life, your everyday life is too comfortable? And you may be thinking along the lines, well, no, not here lately because it's so hot. How can anybody be comfortable? That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about your life, your spiritual life, uh, what you're allowing God to do in and, and through you in your 
Christian life. Is your Christian life too comfortable? Is it just, hey, I go to church on Sunday morning, I go to church on Sunday night, I go to church on Wednesday night, um, that's good, all, all, all well on the, on the Christian front, I'm, I'm good with all that. Don't have really a whole lot to do, I get to come and sit and enjoy the air conditioning, and uh, that's, really all, that's really all I care about, all I really want. Do you think there's more than that? Do you think that God has more for us than that? I read an article, and I want to share some of the things that I read with you. Um, the name of the article was How to Tell If We Have Become Too Comfortable in Our Christianity. How to Tell If We Have Become Too Comfortable. And there were ten things that we need to look for. And I want you, as I'm reading these, I want you to keep a tally for yourself. If, if this applies to you, uh, you know, just there's ten of them. So you can go, yeah, that one does, that one does. If five of them do, you're going to look like this. If ten of them do, you're going to look like that. But here's the, here's the trick. I don't want anybody to look at anybody else, and you really don't even have to do that. I just want you to think, does that apply to me? Am I kind of in that, that category there? So first of all, um, you do not attend church with a high level of expectancy. You do not attend church with a high level of expectancy. Really, the only thing you do expect is that the preacher will eventually shut up after the final prayer is said, and you'll get to go eat lunch or go home or wherever, wherever it is you're going. And you don't really expect much more than that. So you don't really have a high expectancy when you come to church. The second thing was you no longer seem to be concerned about the spiritual condition of your neighbors, of your family members, of your coworkers. You're just not concerned about their spiritual well-being or their spiritual condition the third one you haven't had a spiritual conversation with a non-christian in a long time so as as believers as god's children we have access to the most awesome and excellent person that ever was and we have been given the best news that we could ever hope for and when you have these things and you realize how precious they are, these are things that you want to share with others. Hey, let me tell you what I got. Let me tell you what I know. Let me tell you who I've been talking to. So it seems to be a logical progression that once you, once you have it, you, you want to share it. But you haven't had a spiritual conversation with non-Christians in a long time. And maybe some of your friends, and this, this may hit home, uh, I know a lot of us are retired, and we don't see people on a daily basis, like coworkers and, and things like that. But maybe some of the people that you hang around or that you talk to or have conversations with don't even know that you're a believer, don't even know that you're a Christian, because nothing comes through in our, in our conversation. Um, the Bible just seems like a, a history book. It's really lifeless to us. And we treat it as something that we can pick and choose what we want to out of it. We'll pick and choose the easy parts and the good parts, like God loves us and God forgives us. And we want to ignore the things that tell us about sin and justice and holy living and obedience and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. More than anything, though, it is just a history book. Number five, your happiness at a Sunday service is more important than what it takes to reach the unchurched and the unsaved. And let me say that again. 
your happiness at a Sunday service is more important than what it takes to reach the unchurched and to reach the unsaved. So as long as you get here and you get here early enough to get your parking spot and you get here early enough to make sure that there's still a sausage biscuit left at Calvary Cafe and you get here early enough so that you can sit at, at your favorite table with your favorite people and as long as you get to hear the songs that you like during the service, then things are good. And that's more important to us than what the lost world is, is where the lost world is headed out in the world. Number six, the plight of the poor doesn't concern you. Well, they're poor for a reason. If they would get out and get a job, uh, they would be poor. They don't, don't spend their money well. Uh, we can think of all sorts of reasons why we shouldn't have to have anything to do with them. But that's not always the case. And we are to love one another, red and yellow, black and white, poor and rich, uh, no matter what. We're supposed to love each other. Um, number seven, pictures of people suffering do not move you to action. Uh, you see something that, that maybe stirs something deep down within you, but really the only thing that that, that picture gets out of you is, oh, how sad. Turn the page. Click the mouse. Uh, look, at, look somewhere else. Um, does, it, does, it, does it cause us to pray for people in that condition? Does it bring people that we know to mind that are going through similar situations that we can make a difference in their life? Um, number eight, you do not give to God from the financial resources that he has blessed you with. And instead of giving as you feel you should, we may give him our spare change or what's left over if we even do that. And forgetting that the money that we have and the income that we receive is coming from him anyway, right? We have what we have because he is a, a loving and, and giving God. And what better way for us to show our appreciation in that instance than to give back from that which he has given us. Your prayers, number nine, your prayers don't seem to be making it past the ceiling. It seems like you're just transmitting a lot of stuff, but you're not listening to maybe what God has to say back to us. See, prayer a lot of times may be just a list of things we want and, and feel like we deserve. And instead of taking the time to listen to God and listen to what he might want to say back to us, we just move on to the next thing that we're, that we're doing. And then number 10, it doesn't even dawn on you that God could do something incredible and amazing and radical in your life at any moment today. And miracles in your life just aren't on your radar. You just don't expect them. You just don't believe that it's going to happen. And maybe, maybe you just don't want to, maybe you don't even want it on your schedule. I, I'm not really expecting anything great. I don't really need anything great. My life is okay. I am, what's that word we talked about? I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. But what if, the, what if even tonight the Holy Spirit moved in such a way because we let him have control and we let him take control? Would we say, well, that's well and good, but not tonight because my favorite TV program, I want to get home and start binge watching it. And if I get home too late, I won't get to see 
all the episodes before I need to go to bed. You know, we, we, that's how we think nowadays. How can I fit my religion? How can I fit my relationship into my busy schedule? How can I fit God in? And it's a very telling thing that most of us, a lot of us probably could maybe got into to two hands worth of fingers that would be going up. And it doesn't really hit us until we sit down and think about it. I, you know, I really am pretty comfortable. I am just kind of, I'm just kind of coasting. I'm what, they, what we used to call a casual, a casual Christian. But is it possible that it is time for us to allow the Holy Spirit to have control and for us, us to relinquish control? Because when we feel like we have control, we become that self-sufficient Christian who begins to rely on ourselves more than we rely on God. Are you trusting God for uh, healing in your sickness? Or are you just resigned to the fact that you're going to have that pain or that cough or the sniffles or the arthritis or whatever? You just resign. It's going to be with you all the time. Are you expecting God to, to take care of that for you? Are you trusting God? Are you trusting God that if he does allow that to remain in your life, that he's going to give you what you need to make it through that? Are you trusting in God for that? What causes you or what keeps you from trusting God? Is it the way that you live your life? Is it the sin that's in your life? Is it the decisions that you're making? You know, we are told to trust God just like the children of Israel were told to trust God for everything, for the next breath that we take for being able to get up and get out of bed in the morning, uh, to be able to pay the bills and to be able to make it to church and to be able to help somebody that we told we will help. Uh, we trust Him for everything. Are you really trusting Him or are you just saying He's a good God and you know, I've trusted Him to save me, but are you trusting Him for your moment-by-moment -moment daily existence? That's, that's the question. Are we trusting Him like we should? Or are we just comfortable, again, just to have things the way they are? You know, I got my life worked out. I got my schedule worked out finally. Uh, I, I'm able to do what I feel is important and necessary in my life. And I'm good with, with the way things are. And the verses that we read uh, in Galatians tonight, he said, you have been called to live in freedom. We have been called to live in freedom. Don't use your freedom. To satisfy your sinful nature, he says. Uh, serve one another in love. The whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you're always biting and devouring one another, uh, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. So what these verses make very clear, I think, to us is that Christ has set us free. We are supposed to stay free, and we are to live in the freedom that he has given us. Freedom to be who he has created us to be. But are we allowing that, or are we trying to be the person that we are creating ourselves to be? You know, that's a, there's a lot of work involved in that, and it's tiresome and cumbersome, and it's futile. Because it's not what God wants for your life. Now, albeit, maybe some of the things that you're working towards and, and wanting in your life are the same things that he wants. 
but still are we willing to relinquish total control to him? You know, what does that mean? What, does that, what do you mean by that? Well, be led, be guided by the Holy Spirit. It requires a relationship. It requires conversations with God. It requires trusting God. It requires listening to what he has to tell us. It requires taking every decision and placing it before him and say, God, what do you want me to do? God, how do you want me to respond in this situation? But we, again, enjoy the idea of the comfortable life because all of that that, that you're, you're talking about, William, makes me uncomfortable because, again, I'm having to relinquish my control. But we like to be comfortable in a lot of ways. We like to be comfortable in the way we live, in the way we worship, in the way we serve, in the way we pray, in the way we witness, in the way we tithe, and the time that we give to God. We just want things to be comfortable. We don't want to step out of what we have called for many years that zone of comfort. We don't want to step out of our comfort zone because what happens is as we, as we begin to try to maintain control and keep control of what's going on in our lives, there's a good chance that we're going to use our freedom to do something that he told us not to do, and that is to satisfy our own sinful desires. But we are not, are not free to do that. What we are free to do is to serve one another in love. Verse 14 says it. The whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, Scripture tells us that, that through Christ, God has set us free from sin. Jesus has set us free from the consequences of sin. And in that freedom, you and I are meant to serve God and serve one another. It doesn't say anything about serving self, does it? It really doesn't. But that's what we want to do. And that's what we're interested in, in serving ourselves. Our freedom does not call us to be inactive either. Our freedom calls us to be active. Active in allowing the Holy Spirit to control us and to control our lives. Now, we'll say this because I love to rest. I like to rest. And, uh, you know, I spent some time out in the yard yesterday and I kind of feel like as hot as it was that I probably spent more time resting than I did working. You know how that can be sometimes? But I'm not saying, and he is not saying, Paul is not saying that there will never be a time of rest because God rested. Didn't God rest? Isn't he the first one that rested? And what God does is good, amen? Yeah? So we need to rest. And I'm not saying that there'll never be a day of rest. I'm not even saying that there won't be a time when you can sit down and watch 10 episodes of your favorite TV show all in one sitting. Wow. Here comes the rain. <laughs> but what it does mean is that our lives are not meant to be driven by selfish desires. Are you uncomfortable right now? <laughs> That's loud rain, isn't it? Um, another thing that we can't do, and I, I think we see this in our Scripture tonight, is that we cannot place our comfort before being obedient to God. Have you ever felt like God was calling you to do something? 
and you felt like, well, I just don't feel like that right now. Or I'm, I just, I'm just too tired, or I just got through doing this, and I know God, I just feel strongly God wants me to do it, but I think I'm just going to put it off for just a little bit. We can't place our comfort before being obedient to God either. And we must never place our comfort before living our lives in a way that will bring honor and glory to God. So when we are given the choice, we need to choose we need to choose to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. Now, in this world, we all seek comfort and we all seek freedom for different reasons. You know, we talked a little bit this morning about when people talk about freedom in our country and in our world today, it's always about freedom to do the things that I feel like I should be able to do. You know, if I want to live an alternative lifestyle, I should be able to do that. If I want to identify as another gender, I should have the freedom to be able to do that. If I want to take control of my body and do things to my body, then I should have the freedom to be able to do that. And we look for freedom of expression. We look for freedom for refugees, freedom to work, freedom to not work, freedom to choose to eat or to not eat meat. Freedom to go on vacation, freedom to spend money, freedom to get into debt, freedom to choose where to shop. We just want to have these freedoms and to be able to do what we want to do. And when we're so in tune with that, and that's the most important thing for us, then it's not much of a jump from there to use our freedom to fulfill sinful desires in our lives. A good companion verse to this comes from 1 Corinthians 10.23, which reminds us, you say... I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. So in the new covenant, where, which is where we live now, living under grace and not under the law, we know that Christ has paid for our freedom. He paid the price for our freedom. And when we, when we turn from sin and turn to him, and accept what He has done for us, and ask Him to be our Lord and Savior, then we're forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. We're totally forgiven. But we've got to be very careful, and this is where a lot of times the Christian world and, and believers get into trouble. Just because I've been forgiven, just because I'm totally forgiven, just because He died on the cross for all sin, does not give me that license to sin. It does not give me that get-out-of-jail-free card that I can play anytime I want to because I am a forgiven individual. Again, Scripture says I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for me. I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. So what we can do is we can become comfortable in our freedom that God has given us. And in that freedom, we, can, we will often choose, we will often choose to sin Rather than to serve, we will choose to sin. I don't want you to raise your hand, but have you chosen to sin today? Have I chosen to sin today? How about yesterday? How about the day before yesterday? How about tomorrow? If we use freedom as a license to sin, then it is not really freedom at all because that will end up in enslavement and bondage and corruption 
And it will bind us and it will stop us from being everything that God created us to be. And it causes us to retreat back into comfort zones that we've been in before. And it will also cause us to believe lies that tell us, well, because all this has happened, I'm not going to be able to do what God wants me to do because, you know, you see how, you see how the enemy works things. He throws the temptation out there. And, and we become comfortable in our Christianity to the point where that thing that he has thrown in front of us looks interesting. And so we take the bait and we do the deed, whatever it is, and then we feel the guilt and we begin to question all the things that we know to be true Am I truly forgiven? Am I really a Christian? Could a Christian really do that? Could a Christian really behave this way, have these feelings, have these thoughts, say these things? And then it, it's not a big jump from there to say, but I just don't think I'm going to be able to do what God wants me to do. I'm just, I'm just so bad. I'm just no good. And then where's our freedom? Where's the freedom that we're supposed to be living in? We're back into bondage, and he's told us not to get into that bondage again. That can happen, or we might even become so curious that we'll see how far we can take things. You know, if I'm forgiven, and I know I'm going to heaven, then let me just see how far I can push this. Let me see how far I can take this thing. And I'm talking about sin. And then we start getting thoughts into our head well, that we think we can hide things from God. Because as you begin to pursue sin, and as you begin to enjoy sin, you will spend less time talking to God, doing the things of God. And when it feels like he's not there and he's not paying attention, then you feel like you've pulled one over on him and that you're hiding something from him. And then maybe a, a little glimmer of, of reality and wisdom will pop in there. And you'll think, but even if he does see it, I'm already a forgiven individual. And can you see the dangerous that, that is not, again, that is not a road that your creator would lead you down. So you know it's not from God. Who's it from? It's from Satan. And he wants nothing more to do in your life than to disrupt your worship. He wants nothing more than to get you to, to, to fall away from that freedom and into the bondage that he has to offer. He can't have you, and he can't have your soul but he can affect you in such a way that what God has created you to do is not being done. The opportunities that God is giving you, you're missing because you're involved in other things. So you don't consider the consequences. You just do it, and I, you just do it because God forgives and God loves, so I just, you know, might as well do that. And people have done that all through the ages. They've sinned as an occasion to enjoy the grace of God even more, right? The Corinthians. But when we understand grace and we understand freedom, we realize that this is not where God wants us to go and how God wants us to live. He doesn't want us to be comfortable in all those things and in all those areas. Freedom is not the freedom to see how far we can walk in our own ways. This freedom that he gives us is not freedom to ignore God's will for our lives. The freedom that he gives us is not freedom to ignore God's word. It is not freedom to ignore God's commands or his promises. 
And it is also not a freedom to ignore the Holy Spirit, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it is not a freedom to do anything we want to do and to live our lives any old way. But, William, life is just so hard. I mean, I get hit by so many things, and sometimes the temptation that's thrown before me is like a release. And, and it's just so hard to say, no, I just don't feel like I have the strength. And I get you. Because you don't. You don't have the strength. You do not have it. But this freedom that He has given us, this freedom and this grace that He has given us will provide us with the power not to sin. Listen to me. You have the power not to commit sin in your life. As Romans tells us, we are dead to that. We don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to, but when we become comfortable and we just kind of come in and sit down and that's all we care about and the Bible's not that important to read and I don't really care about the spiritual condition of my fellow man. I'm more and, you know, concerned about me and myself and what I want and what I get. Then we forget and we fail to remember the power that you and I have. We have freedom. The total price for our freedom has been paid. The total price for your freedom has been paid. We are 100% free from the penalty of our own sins, and we need to act in that freedom, and we need to live for God and not live for ourselves. And you will not hear that on CNN or Fox or anywhere else. You'll hear that you're supposed to live for yourself and make yourself happy. But I, I believe that when that exchange took place, when I invited him into my life, when I put my trust in him, then I became his and he became mine. And he gets me, <laughs> he gets me, and unfortunately sometimes all I'm willing to give is part of myself to him, but he gives me everything. He gives us everything. What more do we need? What more do we need? Why do we run anywhere else to find fulfillment and satisfaction when He has given us everything that we need? Can't do it in our own strength. We know that. We, got, we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what He's trying to get the Galatians to see. Don't use your freedom to satisfy sinful desires. Don't do this. Why do we do things that are against God's will anyway? Why do we do things that are opposite to what God's Word teaches us to do? Why do we do these things? Well, the simple answer is because we choose to, or because we want to, or because we can. And we can blame whatever we want to. We can blame circumstance, temptation, external influence. We can blame the government. We can even blame climate change if you want to. You can blame whatever you want to. But somebody once said this, there are two types of freedom. There is the freedom, there is false freedom, where a person is free to do what they like, and then there's true freedom, where a person is free to do what they should. Now, I know this is uncomfortable, because we, we are looking to make this, this tent that we're living in comfortable. We want it to be comfortable. We will, we will not, we will, if we have enough money to, um, I don't know, how can I say this? If our, if our heat pump is out 
and we've been looking at a new car and we've really dreamed about this car for a long time but our heat pump is out and they're telling us we need to buy a new heat pump what are you going to buy this might be a bad illustration you're probably going you might probably going to buy your heat pump because your car's still running but you can't stand another night in that 90 degree house can you because we want to be comfortable it's it's just normal and it makes sense but this is uncomfortable because we want we want our cake and we want to eat it too. I want to be able to live for Christ, but sometimes I want to be able to live for me too. You know, it's a dilemma we all experience and we all have. But Paul is cautioning us, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful desires, but instead use your freedom to serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. So we look at Jesus and we realize that he is not just our Savior, he is our head, he is our leader. He is our all in all and he's the one we trust. And, you know, maybe we've accepted the free gift of eternal life, but maybe we struggle against God working in our lives. Something else I was thinking about. Maybe we struggle with God working in our lives. Maybe, uh, maybe we love the idea of people serving us, but we don't like the idea of having to serve other people, and especially certain people. <laughs> Sometimes we don't want to think about that. But it's time for us to let God be God and use us to do what he wants to do. Maybe it's time for you and me to allow the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us and to change us and not just transform us and change us, but empower us to do the things that he wants us to do. So as I close tonight, and as we've talked a, a lot about being comfortable versus being uncomfortable and what freedom truly is, and how we need to allow the Holy Spirit to have full control of our lives. What, are, are you ready? Are you ready, am I ready, to do with my life what God wants to do? To be what God wants me to be? And you might say, well, William, I think that, you know, you're, you're a pastor in a church, and, and uh, you're teaching us, and you're, you're leading us, and I kind of feel like that's what God... I, it's, it's, from the pew there, it seems like you're doing what God wants you to do. But I'm here, I'm just going to be honest with you. There are times when I have a discussion with God and I say, I just don't really, I just don't know about that. Or I just, I just, that scares me. It makes me uncomfortable. Some of the things that, that I feel like I need to say and, and, and things that I need to talk about, that's just uncomfortable. I don't know how that will be received or I don't know if that will be understood and, 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 you know, there's things God's putting into my mind about what our church needs to be doing and the directions that we need to take and what's important and what's not important. And, and you know, I struggle with this just like you do. But as I said this morning, anytime I have just kind of turned, just turned to God and said, hey, just whatever you want to do, just whatever you want to do through me, you just do it. And I'm here for whatever. It has worked out every time. I can't think of a time it hasn't. There may be things that are ongoing, but I see God working and see God stacking the blocks uh, for, what he, for what he wants to do. But why, why, why pursue this? Why talk about this tonight? And I'm not trying to lay guilt trips on anybody uh, because, again, we're all in this together. But just as I would ask myself, God, what do you want me to do? I would encourage you to ask God the same question. You know, what do you want me to do? How can I serve others? 
how can I serve others in love? And it's not always comfortable, but I really, uh, a way that makes sense would be, God, how can I serve you in this church? How can I serve you? How can I love the people in this church? And then from there, how can I, how can I love people outside of this church? But let's back up a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're getting ready to start a new church year. And don't, don't say, oh, here we go. <laughs> but we're going to need some people. And we've got people here that have gifts and abilities. And we're not using them. And we've got, we've got positions that need to be filled. We've got people that have been doing things for years and years and years. And while they do them well and while they have a gift in that area, sometimes people need a break and need a time to be refreshed and renewed. And they need a time to be taught as well. So we, we're praying uh, and we'll start meeting that God will meet the, the needs that this church has. And I saw last week how he met needs. You know, at the beginning of last week, we didn't have somebody each night for story time. We had somebody for story time each night. Last week, we had an adult class. And, you know, the, the word got out there, we would like to have an adult class in Bible school. And, you know, when people ask you, are we having an adult class? What they mean is, are you going to make sure we have an adult class? And so I'm thinking, who could teach? Because that's a big responsibility. It's a week-long thing. And God, God just spoke to me, well, why don't you just ask the teachers you have who would be willing to teach? And everybody I asked said yes. Everybody. And that was the biggest class of Bible school last week. And if you were in there, you know that. And I think the first night we had 27, close to 30 people. And that's, that's 30 people that wouldn't have been able to sit down together and enjoy fellowship and be under the teaching uh, from somebody who had spent time in the Word of God getting ready. That is, that those, that's 30 people that wouldn't have been able to enjoy that and receive that blessing otherwise. But God took care of it because we trusted, we trusted God for it. So we trust God for this next year as well. And, and this church is so good to step up when, when there is a need. I've seen people that, you know, it's refreshing to see people who right after you ask them are like, yeah, I'll help. Or, yeah, I can do that. And, and then the, the, the ideas and the thoughts come in, but I can. I'm so limited in what I can do. But everybody can do something. And I tell you what, prayer is a big deal to me. And I think it is to our church. And if you would commit to pray, if you would come up and say, hey, I'd like to be on a prayer team where we just pray about the needs, certain needs of the church. You tell us what they are, we'll pray for them. So we can all do something. And it's not, it shouldn't be the responsibility of a few when everybody has the ability and everybody who is a Christian has the Holy Spirit with power to do anything. So what we do is we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us 
and have full access to us. And it's uncomfortable, I know. It's uncomfortable when somebody walks up to you and says, hey, Rick, I need you to do this. Do you feel like you could do that for us? And you're like, and I'm, I'm just using you as an example because you're right there. And because I know you and you're part of my family and you have to love me, so that's just the way it is. But, you know, there's that feeling, oh, gosh, you know, I've got so much I'm doing already. I can't do this. You know, if you, if you seek God and you say, God, if you want me to do this, work it out. Uh, give, give me peace. Help me to see it as a possibility. Then he'll do it. If he's got something else for you, then he'll say, not this time, but get ready because I'm getting you ready for something. He's getting everybody in here ready for something. From, from the youngest, which I think is Amber, uh, to the oldest, which is, who's the oldest? Is anybody going to volunteer? <laughs> Who feels the oldest? He's working. He is getting you ready for something. He's getting us all ready for something. And here's the freedom you have. You, you have the freedom to say, okay, let's do it. And that's, that's freedom right there, isn't it? Not having to make up excuses, not having to say, I can't do that, but being able to say, hey, I'll give it my best shot. Or, you know, I, I, think, I think we do need to fill that position, but have you considered so-and-so? Because we had a conversation, and they said they really would love to be, be able to do something like that. God's getting us all ready for something. Let's all stand. I want you to bow your heads. And I want you to just, I want you to pray uh, to God right now. Um, just talk to Him and ask Him what it is about tonight that you're supposed to remember, that you're supposed to pray about, that you're supposed to think about. And maybe if you're willing or if you're ready, pray this prayer. God, I want to give your spirit full access to my life and my abilities and my gifts. And you use me in this church any way that you want to. And you use me outside of this church any way that you want to. I'm going to ask uh, Gary Weaver, if you will, to dismiss us.